live in five, four, three, two, one. And it's no driving gloves. We're joining you on a different night again. We're trying to jump back to our Wednesday evenings. Wednesday, Wednesday, Wednesday. Yes. WWE thing. Yes. Episode 223. Beautiful gauge footage. And I so wanted to do a Jesse James hand tonight, pay up sucker, but I was afraid he'd sue us. But you know, that oh. would have probably been good because we would have made the news. <laughs> I got an ink pen. I can write it on my hand right now. And just... yeah, I don't know. I kind of want to jump right into this, but we might, let's just, um, let's start it like a normal show. You and I will both do our bitches at the very beginning. Give uh, the late arrival viewers a few minutes. Yes. All of you that. Can't pay attention to a clock. <sighs> well, sometimes that's us. So I'm, I'm not going to knock it. Whoops. <laughs> Don't knock it till you try it. <laughs> uh, do you go first this week or do I go first? I have no idea. I'm not keeping track. Ah, I forgot my show. No. Oh, do you need a minute to go get it? I can babble. No. no babble, 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 I'm babble. Babble it on. And, uh, you know what I really was, hate? Uh, that was faster pussycat. You know what I hate? People that babble. But they have the babble fish. It's a universal translator. It's a little fish you put in your ear. That's kind of cool. Yeah, uh, I, I I don't know whose turn it is. And I can't even, the problem is I can't even remember what each of us have bitched about in the last, what, eight or 10 episodes we've started this. So I feel like I'm going to wind up repeating something either you said well, or well, that i said. Then it's a real bitch. Well, that's true. That is very, um, I, there have been so many this week, but I, honestly, and I, I, again, probably have already bitched about this in, in one way or another, but this is a little maybe too fine tuning it and uh, really narrowing it down. But people that cut in when you're leaving the you know space that you're supposed to for breaking distance when you're traveling down the highway. I think that was yours last but week or the week before. <laughs> more, well, no, no, no. More specifically, I don't think it was that soon, early. But it, it goes kind of vice versa, maybe, or uh, vis-a-vis. Um, people who do it to semis and semis that do it because they're and they can. That is just. I, I was cut off by like two semis this past week. And, and I'm usually a fairly nice guy. I was taught as a kid, of course, growing on the farm, uh, growing up around other truck drivers, taught how to signal semi-drivers. So they knew that they could do things like that. Of course, if they are courteous enough and they turn their turn signal on and are waiting to change lanes, of course, you flash your lights one way or the other, either bright to dim or you can turn your lights off back on and that signals that they have a safe clearance to come over in front of you and make their maneuver. And it drives me absolutely nuts when semi drivers can't be courteous enough to signal that they're going to come over. They just use the size of their vehicle to come over. Or it also kind of bugs me when they don't, if, if you do signal them and, and do everything you should, I really get irritated by the guys that don't signal back. A lot of semi-drivers still will, but other ones just don't care anymore. So maybe I need to fine-tune it. it. It's not so much about the people that are cutting in. I do disagree with those people. I hate those people. If you do it, don't do it because I'll say choice words in my vehicle that you won't be able to hear, but it'll just ruin my day. But maybe I need to switch this 
complaining over to the semi drivers that are no longer courteous. And and I know you're going to say, well, they're not courteous because people aren't courteous to them, blah, blah, blah. But it's courtesy has to start somewhere. Well, I, I understand what you're saying about them thanking you. You know, you flash your, your lights to let them know it's safe to come back over. Most of the time, I do get an acknowledgement for that because I think the semi-drivers are surprised. But I'll also be honest, there's a lot of freaking young semi-drivers out there that don't probably have a clue what you're doing. Yeah. You know, you think they'd teach you that in semi-truck driver school, but I bet you they don't. And think of most 19-year-old, 21-year-old, 25-year-old drivers. They don't have a clue about courtesy on the road. So why would they a semi-truck driver? As for them changing lanes without signaling, I almost give them a pass because you, you've pulled a car trailer before, right, Derek? Oh, down the interstate. Have you ever noticed that the moment you signal that you want to come over into somebody else's lane, they have to go a little bit faster because they're not going to let the slower truck and trailer get in front of them? But what are you talking about? They do that in a normal, I'm driving my Malibu down the road. I turn my light on, my signal on, and somebody speeds up to get next to me. Yeah, they, uh, I think it happens more often when you're trailering and with semis, it's the same thing. You know, I'll be honest. I almost got, I, you know, I try not, I try to give semis all the courtesy in the world. These are poor guys that are working. And even if they're assholes, drunks, druggies, nicest guy on the planet, I don't care. I try to always be courteous to them because, again, I can make their day miserable. And I really hate it when people make my work. Uh, speaking to you people in a scooter, Walmart. But Walmart scooter drivers. But um, I try not to hang out on the right side of them, but sometimes you get stuck there. And I almost had one come over on me while I was on the right side of him, uh, as able to accelerate. And he, I think, I think he had probably electronics warnings and noticed me. But, but no, I, I see him quite often. We'll do that jump over to the left or jump over to the right without signaling because they know exactly when they can get there, whatever it is, 72 feet in and 84 feet. I don't know how long a truck is with a cab and a trailer, but when they know they can get it in, they, they get in where they fit in. So I, I go along with your bitch, but I don't quite, I guess it doesn't resonate as hard with. Well, that's why we do this. John. Exactly. It's we are two different of- people. And but you did give me my bitch for next week, so I'm going to write it down so I don't. Except your no driving gloves notebook is elsewhere in your home. I got other scrap paper. Just write it there on the uh, granite countertop in Sharpie. Actually, I'm at a table with a wood top. I just write it on the wood. <laughs> oh yeah. Well, that's blame easier on, to say. Blame it on the kids. <laughs> yeah, that's pretty neat handwriting and a very specific topic for the children to be well, writing. Exactly. I don't think your uh, wife is that. Oh, what was She's my bitch? Than me. Um, I had it. I had it when you started talking. Um, my, my, my bitch. I was bitching about what you're. Oh, I get paid by the hour when I'm doing my day job. Really wish it was salary, but it's nice to get paid by the hour because what it does, I am in no hurry to go from one audit to the next audit. So I commonly will get on the interstate and set my cruise at like 71 or 72. I do a lot of two-lane back roads, and I set my crews at 56, 57. Maybe if you're lucky, 50, because I don't get paid to speed. I get paid by the hour to go place to place. But also GPS, now that we have all these phones connected and everybody uses phone GPS, 
I like the old GPS that actually told you how far someplace was based on the speed limits, not the average speed of traffic, uh, because I'm not driving the average. But everybody, I think I've talked about it on an episode before, that if you're trying to drive the speed limit anywhere, interstate, two-lane road, you're you're a hindrance. You know, you get a line of people behind you, you... Is the moment you get a passing lane, everybody whips by you. Um, it's it just seems to be very difficult. John, the speed limit is merely a recommendation. Yes, and I okay. follow the recommendation. I don't do the minimum. I do the maximum allowable within eight percent, plus one or two, basically. No minus, plus one or two. yeah. Well, okay. I guess if I get up to sixty-two, it's probably like twelve or. So. But that's doing math. But we're going to go right from math, jump into tonight's topic, talking about pay, what I call pay-up suckers. Hey, you know what, John? The speed limit is more than a recommendation. It's merely an option. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. And I think we can do this. We're going to do this fancy thing because I own these things now. I've made this new place a little bit automated. But Alexa... What's the definition of an option? Option is defined as or right of choosing. As a verb, option is usually defined as to acquire or grant an option on. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for option. Okay. The, these, are right, gonna John. Come, these are all going to come into play later on in the episode. But um, she said it. It is the right of choosing. It's what America was founded on. The okay. right to choose. Alexa? What's the definition of mandatory? Defined as, statedly ordered, obligatory, compulsory. As a noun, mandatory is usually defined as mandatory, a person or nation holding a mandate. For more, ask me to give you more definitions for mandatory. And the third word that we're going to do, which is the whole topic of tonight. Alexa, what's the definition of subscription? Subscription is defined as sum of money given or pledged as a contribution, payment, investment, etc., for more, ask me to give you more definitions for subscription. So these all, all, all three of these words are going to come into play. Subscription throughout the evening, because for some reason, in the last two or three months, people have been throwing a fit about automotive subscription and having to pay for power seats, heated seats, air conditioning, um, remote key fobs, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Have you heard anything about that, Derek? Uh, been hearing a little bit here and about some subscriptions, some options, some mandatory choices, mandatory. No, no. See, I just messed it up. Some mandatory, uh, what were options becoming mandatory? There we go. Uh, we're going to dive into that whole definition there a little bit later. What was the first subscription you were aware of for a car? Or for your automobile. And so in like my lifetime and like in vehicles I've owned? Yeah. When did um, you become aware that there were things you could subscribe to on a monthly basis with your car? It probably was when we when I bought the new Ford Fiesta many, many a moon ago. And I want to say it was satellite radio was the first option that I would have you know, sub subscription service that was purchased. And that's exactly kind of my point. We've had subscription services for cars, for things that are installed in our car for over 20 years. Mm -hmm. All of a sudden, it's a big deal in 2022. Should have been a big deal in 2002. I 
I had issues with it back then. I I have a whole issue with the whole satellite radio um, monopoly to say, but that was our first subscription. And I sold cars and I've talked to dealers over the years and they were trying to figure out a way to incorporate the XM or Sirius and now Sirius XM subscription price into your car payment, which is illegal to do. And they they were trying to work on that because they felt they could sell more subscriptions if it would just be automatically when you wrote your $400 a month, oh, excuse me, what are we, $817 a month car payment check for you to write an $830 a month car payment check. Honestly, I don't know what satellite radio costs. I don't subscribe to it. But that was our first option. People are blaming this on Tesla. Elon Musk invented automotive subscriptions. No, Elon Musk invented um, um, over-the-air update, which anything modern pretty much has over-the-air update. Uh, so I don't understand why all of a sudden we're upset because we've got to pay for heated seats or key fobs or things that came with the car. I've bought many a new car that came with a free six-month or one-year subscription to XM Satellite Radio, and then I'm expected to pay for it. Isn't that the same thing? The radio's equipped with XM Sirius, but I'm expected to pay to use that feature that's installed in my car. And you sometimes pay an upgrade fee when you purchase the car to get a radio that is XM Sirius capable. Which that honestly shocked me. And and we've mentioned this leading up to this show on the other shows over the last couple of weeks, but I was shocked when I bought my Malibu, it's 2019 Chevy Malibu. It does not have a radio capable of satellite. It has one of the lower model, you know, radio that does not get Sirius XM satellite fed radio. So I no longer subscribe to satellite radio either because, well, I can't get it, but it's also opened up my world uh, to learning about technology, even more modern technology and uh, learning how to use other subscription services that my lovely wife has in my car by hooking up Android Auto and playing, I don't know, Pandora over my car radio rather than paying for satellite. And then that's going to add now, now you're not only paying for Pandora as a subscription, you're paying for the internet on your phone to play Pandora as a subscription. I have unlimited. Time. Well, yes, but you still pay for that. We pay for it. It's. I mean, I had a cell phone. But it's, it, we live in a subscription-based world if you start getting into it, John. And, and that's exactly like you're, that's it. That's the path you're going down is that we are in a subscription-based world. And therefore, the automobile industry is just trying to catch up. Yeah, and that jumps back to an article I alluded to on the podcast before. It's This one's um, from Business Insider, dated February 5th, 2022. Car companies stand to make billions by charging you monthly fees for add-on features like heated seats. The manufacturer wasn't charging you, but XM Satellite Radio was charging. And uh, in this article, it goes on to say that both Stellantis, Chrysler, Fiat, for those that aren't totally up to date on their cars, Ford, GM, see dollar signs. They are expecting to generate anywhere between 20 and $25 billion a year, each manufacturer, not total. But it's they're billion with a it's B. B, that's like... 
25 times what Dr. Evil wanted. No, that's like 250, 25,000. I can't remember. He wanted $1 million, didn't he? But either way, by 2030, they expect to generate 20 to $25 billion a year. General Motors, Ford, Stellantis. And you can throw Volkswagen, Mercedes, BMW, um, Porsche. Any manufacturer is going to be on that. Toyota. So, you know, this article here comes out in February. Nobody talked about it. Uh, we had the 2018 is when Toyota started talking about subscriptions with their key fobs. And they in, well, my article here is dated uh, December 13th, 2021. So now we're talking eight months ago, almost eight months ago to the day where Toyota announced that they were going to start a, I think, I can't remember, it's 995 or 1995 a month subscription for any Toyota as far back as 2015, if you wanted your keyless entry to continue to work because of the 3G, 4G tra transition and things that are going to, that had to happen, they're going to start charging you an, you know, a fee for that. Well, Toyota did step back. And now if your Toyota was built after, uh, I think it's, where did the date go? Now, um, Anywhere after 2018, basically, if you have 2018 or newer Toyota, you're probably going to see your keyless entry go to a subscription-based model. And don't, don't be surprised if other things start popping up that way. And that's because 2018 is when Toyota, if you go back to our 3G episode, Toyota it, it started putting 4G in their cars. was about 2018. So it's uh, maybe a part of that 4G. It's a way that the manufacturers are seeing to earn money throughout the life of the car. Well, that's, well, that's what all the light li of the world is. You know, it's all about the money. Yeah. So what, what, uh, what, uh, I had the title a few weeks ago. It's all about the Benjamins baby. Yeah. There you go. I mean, really you think about it, anything really, it comes down to more. So all of our modern electronics, right? Cause that's the easiest way to control. I mean, you know, we have subscriptions to things like magazines, things like that. You can have a subscription and get your monthly issues or whatever it is <clears throat> that you're looking at. But really, when you think about it, you come down to modern electronics of any type, computers, cell phones, cars. It, even now, you're starting to see it in some of our appliances, which I always like to make the reference, and I'm sure I've done it on the show many a time, that the automobile is nothing more than an appliance. It's just like your washing machine, dryer, or whatever. It's another machine in your life to perform a task, getting you from place A to place B and back to place A or how whatever you're doing. It's it's an appliance, but it's it's based in electronics. But now, I mean, I was walking through Home Depot <clears throat> not a week or two ago, and there are refrigerators that now have tablets built on the front of them so that you can, uh, you know, program your grocery list. And But your refrigerator knows what you're running short of. So it can actually kind of, you know, build a list of what you're short on. And I'm betting you, I didn't look into it, but I'm betting you there are subscriptions uh, and various things you can get for that refrigerator and its programs to be able to do all kinds of things. Now, I didn't look into it, 
probably should have, but I didn't think this is where my conversation was going to go tonight. But it's it's like you say, John. I mean, it's no different than the subscriptions we have for our computers, for all the various components of our life right now. And, you know, it's why people are complaining. It's I can see complaining where someone like Toyota is going to backdate it. And you bought a car four years ago that did not need any subscription plan at the time. And now they're coming back and saying, "Mm, you know, we're going to go back and reflash the software and make it so you have to have a, I can see where that I would get a little upset. Like, whoa, whoa, whoa. That is not the agreement that we had when I bought this vehicle. But I can see you want to. That's not what Toyota said. Toyota said they they may be charged a subscription. Okay. And maybe, but but, if they do it, I can see people getting upset because you already purchased that car without the understanding that it would need subscription based programming. Well, I'm going to hit your appliance thing here real quick. Washing machine, dryer, refrigerator, oven, coffee maker, toaster, microwave oven can all be internet connected. Probably more things. And you pay a subscription on each one of those after the free trial period. We're accepting of that. We're accepting of you got to pay monthly for this graphic software or this drawing software or this editing software or this computers, you know, Quicken and QuickBooks and all those are now all subscription models. We accepted it. We didn't fight back before. If since we've accepted it now, cars are going the same way. But what I'm saying about Toyota is they're saying any Toyota 2018 or newer, they can charge you a fee to use their keyless entry. Are they saying that they're going to charge the current owner? Are they saying they're going to charge the original owner? Not necessarily, but I would not put it past them that once that car gets traded, that feature gets deactivated and then the new owner gets to elect whether or not they want to pay the subscription. Okay, I can I can see that be acceptable uh, practice. You know, I would love to sit down with a couple of these manufacturers and talk about it. You know, BMW is getting lambasted. They're probably one of the the poster child of this automotive subscription movement. That you're going to charge me whatever it was. You know, twenty five bucks a month or twenty bucks a month for heated seats. I already have the heated seats in my car, damn it, and I paid for them to be in my car. I've come across articles where BMW has said all the cars are going to be built with every option. We've talked about that on a couple of our episodes. Every car is going to be built with every option. As the guy that orders the car for $895, example price, not necessarily the real price. I can have heated seats in my BMW. And guess what? Those heated seats are there until I get rid of the car. or And then as soon as I get rid of the car, those heated seats become optional for the, or a subscription base for the next owner. Or if I elected to buy the car and I didn't want to pay the $895 for heated seat, I, I'll be honest and I'll come out this early in the show and say, I am not totally against the automotive subscription. I only keep cars one or two years. I would rather pay you, you know, 20 bucks a month to have heated seats for the six or eight months that I'm actually going to own the car during winter because I'm only going to own it for two years. So I can pay $160 to have my heated seats or I can pay $895 to have my heated seats. Guess where I want to be? 
it makes it cheaper for me. It also makes the resale values of the cars, I think, stronger because just because I chose not to get heated seats and I chose not to get keyless um, entry and I chose not to get the extra horsepower boost in the car when I bought it, the next owner can, you know, all of a sudden, say my BMW, I paid 64, I trade it, it retails for 50 now, but it retails for 50 because I can now as the the next buyer can come in and add all those options that me as the original buyer didn't choose. I think it gives so much diversity to the cars, so many more options. There's makes it a stronger vehicle on a resale market because it really doesn't come down to what are the options anymore. It comes down to, and then we touched on it, the vehicle color and maybe, you know, the interior. Cloth interior, leather interior, white interior, black interior, gray interior. And is the car red, blue, green, beige, yellow, orange, whatever. Those are the things that make the difference now. What's in it, it doesn't matter if I bought it with the XM satellite radio. It doesn't matter if I bought it with the multi-zone climate control. It doesn't matter if I bought it with the extra horsepower option. It doesn't matter if I bought it all-wheel drive or front-wheel drive. It doesn't matter. None of that stuff matters now because as the next owner... I can subscribe to it. And I bet as these models get bigger, I can choose to subscribe monthly. I can choose to subscribe yearly. And when you're not going to be able to, based on my knowledge of the from the satellite radio, I'm not going to be able to finance in that $20 a month for the heated seats. And I'm not going to be able to finance that $13 a month for the keyless entry. In. But maybe if they'll sell it to me as a three-year package for $1,000, I can now finance that in. And then I have it for three years because, like I said, I'm only going to own the car two, maybe three years. So I there's a lot of I think it opens a lot up to the world. Um, I, I'll agree with you, John. I mean, it's and we've said it a little bit, like I said, on the on the shows leading up to this one. It makes sense when you really think about it, when you really look at it, it makes sense for the auto industry to just build the cars with everything in them, put them out on the market. And then you pick and choose what you want. And again, it's it, it goes back to, as well, the discussion we had about a uh, person in Florida that was complaining about having to replace a $14,000 battery in a used car. And we, but we all talked about doing your research. And what you just said was, you know, when you go as a consumer, when you go to buy one of these cars, do your research. No, you're going to know about how long you keep a car. John, you know you keep cars one year, maybe six months, who knows. And Two years, two years lately. Yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> uh, averaged out over your lifetime. Um, <laughs> and you can figure out that, okay, it's like you said, John, You know, do I want to pay the $895 up front to just have it turned on for the entire time I own this car? Or is it more beneficial to me to subscribe and unsubscribe when I need it and when I don't need it to save money? Becomes up to the consumer to do their research, plan out their purchase, and you know make it work for them. Which that's what every company does. I mean, it's it's how we build our computers. It's how we 
build our life, right? Oh, I want this subscription right now. I want to do this. And I, when I don't need it, I'm shutting it off. You do it with your TV, with Netflix and Disney Plus and all of those subscription-based uh, TV programs. But I think what's going to be more interesting, most electronics, most machines like this, you know, your computer, again, your refrigerator, your toaster, your oven, whatever it is, your TV, whatever we're talking about, these subscription services are not hardware that is built into the object, the device, the you know, electronic that you're using, except for in the automobile, it is. It, but it's controlled by the software. So you have the heated seats in place. That is a that is a hardware feature. That is solid in there. It is tangible. Boom. And it has a chip and a computer and software that is going to tell it to turn on or off based on if you're paying. Or, you'd probably already see where I'm going with this, John. I see a whole new aftermarket industry of hackers selling their services to hack into this equipment and find a way to bypass these subscription services and have these things turned. And I know, I, you know, I know from my work experience thus far that yes, people like GM, the big companies, GM, Chrysler, Chrysler, GM, Ford, uh, Stellantis, all of the big, I'm sure, Toyota is working on, but specifically with the first time GM did it really, really deep was with the C8 Corvette that they put some of the tightest security on the computer that controls that car than has ever been on it. And it took forever for someone to get into that computer. And of course, they'll say it voids your warranty, right? If you hack into it and start changing things, it's going to void your warranty. But I foresee a new kind of industry opening up or a new, um, trying to think of the word I'm looking for here, but you know, a whole new area for people to get involved in this and start trying to figure out how to bypass these uh, options because the equipment that is needed to run it is in the car. So all you have to do is find the bypass. But, the, you know, it's really not going to create a new industry that already exists. We've got chips. Yeah, that's I'm trying to, the word I'm, yeah. I'm missing the word. I'm you can rechip the car and you can do, do all this. You can hack. you know, I bet you can hack into it, but then we're going to get into laws. If, you know, if you, so, if you came up with software that allowed me to turn my heated seats on in my BMW and I installed it, and then I took my BMW, not thinking anything, into the service department, or it broke and it went into the service. It got towed by the you know, de towed to the dealer, and the dealer finds out you've turned these heated seats on. Have you just stolen from BMW? Have you committed theft because you have stolen a product from them? I mean, it's just like computer software. If you send me a quote, licensed copy of Windows 11 and I install it on a machine I'm building, that's a federal crime. So are we opening up a whole new gambit of criminals when we start hacking into these systems? Yeah, hackers are going to show up, but I also think you're going to see all this new legislation. And because cars break, 
and because cars are more and more having to go back to the dealership and because cars have over-the-air updates now, you do this hack to it and say the manufacturer downloads an over-the-air update to your car, I'm sure they're going to get some information back from your car and they're going to find out you did this. You know, how are you going to hide it? Or they're going to all of a sudden see it. Could the manufacturer then go, wait a second, this, this option's turned on, this option's turned on. There's obviously something wrong with the car and then put it into a limp mode where you're going to have to take it to the dealer and the dealer's going to disable everything again. And again, potentially fine you or charge you all, you know, a stack of Benjamins because you've illegally turned on the those options. Mm-hmm. You know, the our refrigerators and all of that are built with the stuff into it. And like you said, you know, ordering the Amazon system does that. I mean, the new um, I did a lot of studying with LG appliances this summer and the LG refrigerators, you weigh a gallon of milk. And it programs it into the computer. And then you put the gallon milk into the, the, you know, as you, when you put it into the computer, the refrigerator, you scan it, you put it in the refrigerator. When you take it out, you pour your glass of milk, you scan it, you put it back in the refrigerator. And that's how it knows when you have run out of something. It weighs your butter, it weighs your, you know, eggs, all of that stuff gets weighed and scanned. And it's an additional step, but you've got to pay the subscription, subscription fee for it. But yes, it will automatically reorder for you. And all the hardware is built in. Now, if you choose not to use it, you don't have to, but you did pay for it when you bought it. So it's just, again, like your car or like cars are going to become. You know, I think it's it's really trick that, you know, I can only afford $600 a month for a car right now. So I buy, take, well, let's go with my, let's go with Mini Cooper, even though it's it's not this advanced. We'll go with well, we'll go with the Tesla Model Three. Go out and buy your Tesla Model Three for forty grand. That's all you can afford. If you're making payments on it, let's say your payments are say your payments are six hundred. In a year, you're making a little bit more money, and now maybe you can afford six hundred and eighty or seven hundred dollar a month car payment. But to trade your Tesla in and get the next model up is a major expense. But now all of a sudden, for ninety five dollars a month, Tesla will sell take my P sixty to a P you know, P72 or a P82. That, that to me, again, that's a, I'm, I hated subscriptions when I heard about, but I've really come around and I really can see how it's, it could be beneficial to the world and the general public and to the industry, even though it's a money grab. And yes, they're going to make an additional $25 billion a year off of it. I think it can, it, I think there's some good in it for the consumer. There's some sucky ass stuff in it. Don't get me wrong, but there's some good in it for the consumer. Yeah, I, I mean, I think, I think, I think we kind of have had the same feelings on this all along. Uh, you know, I think we both started out with thinking this really kind of sucks and this is going to change things and all of that. But really, the more you think about it, the more you really kind of consider what the industry is trying to do and for themselves and also for the consumer, it really only makes sense. I mean, it is the, it is the way that life has gone um, with so many of the things we do anymore with, you know, subscription based everything. And why is it that the automobile should not be a part of that? 
world? I mean, what is it? I guess my bigger question for the people that are complaining about it, and maybe the people that are complaining about it are the people that don't have other subscription services. Maybe they're the people that are, you know, still watching uh, basic TV, uh, you know, a digital TV receiver off their, you know, antennas and, uh, you know, because you can't even have cable if you're not going to go subscription because cable is a subscription service. Uh, But maybe they're the folks that just have a normal TV and have a standard radio that tunes in the radio, local radio stations and, uh, you know, have a 1970s avocado green oven and refrigerator and they just live life as basic as possible which nothing wrong with that i mean kind of sounds like a peaceful nice life uh but i don't know why the automobile would be held to a different standard than any other machine or appliance we have in our yeah i mean i had my ford fusion and i had my ford taurus and they both had uh an app that i could use with the car for remote start and that And that, after, I think, three years, became a pay-to-use feature. And that was a 2019. Mm -hmm. Uh, BMW actually has had pay-to-play features at least since 2015. Uh, The 2015 328i Sportwagon has um, enhanced Bluetooth and an enhanced internet connection that you can then purchase apps that help the driving experience. So, I mean, this stuff's been around for years and years. It's just somebody saw this and ran with it. And that's what I'm trying to do with this episode or we're trying to do is, yeah, really, really sounds bad. The way every article, I've got 12, what did I tell you, Derek? I got, well, there's 12, I've got like 16 articles pulled up about not, well, one of them, one of them. And amazingly, it's from Bimmer Life is... It's, that's the only positive one. Everybody else has written this from a negative standpoint. You've got to go out and do your research. You can't believe, again, what the press is saying. It's the old thing. Fake news, real news. But this isn't going to ever get identified as fake news because it's not political. It's not racist. It's not. It's just car stuff. And nobody nobody cares. But you've got to really, like I said, I'm looking at 20, you know, 16, 20 articles here, and I've read more. And it's led me to the conclusion that, you know, I said I liked it. And Derek said, now I'm going to jump. Why well, I, did I don't know that I, I don't know that I said I like it. I just said that it makes sense. I mean, oh, it, it, yeah. it doesn't it doesn't anger me. It makes sense that they're doing it. Uh, you know, to, <clears throat> I guess I'm the type of person that just rolls with certain things. And to me, this isn't this isn't life ending. It's not life shattering. Uh, so. I'm I'm trying to figure out. I should have. I, I hate when we have these discussions because I never think ahead of time while I'm doing a little bit of research here and there of every question or every thought I might come up with during the show. And now I'm trying to figure out what was truly the very first subscription service you would have paid for in an automobile. Is there something before satellite radio? I'm trying to figure that out real quick, and I'm struggling to find it. Um, I've been working on that one, too. And satellite radio is about, I guess, effectively really the first thing. Well, Jason got the answer. Hey, Jason, thanks for joining us. Hey, hey, Jason's here. 
OnStar. Oh, yeah, I guess OnStar. Which uh, did OnStar come first or did satellite radio come no, OnStar has been here since the mid 90s. Okay. But was it was it a subscription? At that point, I thought it came with the car and it just stayed with the car. I don't think you had to pay for it ever. You know, the the fact of giving it to you. And Jason brings up why I did all those definitions at the beginning. And it <laughs> OnStar is the answer. Why we defined mandatory, we defined what option was, and we defined what a subscription was. And Derek's doing a little bit of research on his computer. Now, I don't like what General Motors, General Motors PR department should be fired flat. Everybody in there should be looking for new jobs tomorrow. The IRS got 87,000. Hey, whoa, whoa, whoa. I, I know a couple of those people. They're <laughs> friends. Let's not, let's not fire them. Okay. Well, I told them where they can go get a new job. Um, but as of yesterday, if you want to buy a new, new BMW, excuse me, General Motors, not, ah, I lost my article. There it is. Uh, if you want to buy a new Buick GMC or Cadillac, you are required. Let me just say this. GM is offering you a mandatory $1,500 option for your OnStar and connected premium service. If we remember what the A lady said about an option, it's something you can choose. Um, if we remember what mandatory is, it's something that's required. And what General Motors did, instead of just raising the price of all their vehicles, $1,500, and giving you OnStar and connected services premium for free for three years, they're still selling you the car for the same price they did last year, but they're making you pay $1,500 more to get OnStar and connected services for three years, $500 a year. It It's a subscription. It's one time, $1,500 a year. But um, it's, I don't understand what GM was doing. We're in the most controversial automotive subject right now. I think there is out there is automotive subscriptions. So they throw out this thing with a mandatory optional subscription. Call it a price hike. You had caught a lot less flack for it. It's just, and then again, it's not $1,500 across the board. It's, if you buy a new Hummer EV, it's zero. It doesn't cost mm -hmm. you a thing, but you get the three years for free. If you buy a Escalade, I believe they charge you um, $1,250 for the three years. But if you buy a base GMC or Chevrolet Canyon or Colorado, $1,975 for three years. So the, and that's a base model Canyon or Colorado. So the cheaper the vehicle gets, the more expensive your three-year subscription becomes. Got 150 grand for a Hummer EV. Hey, this, this bit of news doesn't make a bit of difference. Everybody else, it does. You know, 1250, I'm, I'm buying a, you know, Escalade, you know, ESV, um, v type, whatever, for 125 grand, I really don't want to pay 1250. That should also be included for me. Um, it's frankly, it's bad marketing on GM. Well, <laughs> and here's my question, and I can't seem to pull up the Detroit Free Press uh, article because guess what? You have to have a subscription to the Detroit Free Press to be able to pull it up. So, 
I, I wanted to go straight to the Detroit Free Press article, but I'm, I'm struggling to get there. Is it my my question would be was it was it actually GM's wording that caused the issue, or was it the Detroit Free Press's uh, wording of the uh, article that that made the issue? Because everybody else says basically GM confirms it is making the fifteen hundred dollar option mandatory on some of the new models it's It's all about phrasing people phrasing it's trickling down uh, and speaking of trickling down that's what i was going to say you know you talk about the fact that oh it still doesn't cost on or it's still an option on these other cars this is i mean this is the hierarchy of general motors right this is it's gm buick and cadillac that are doing it right did i say that right yes GM, Buick, and Cadillac are the yeah. first ones. They're the but first. It's already been alluded it's going that they have. to trickle down through the ends. It's just well, they, they start with the top and they move them down. It's just like everything else they do. They've already announced the pricing, like I said, 1975 on the Colorado. So it's already figured into the Chevrolets. Mm-hmm. Um, what are we looking at here? There's been significant price hikes on the Silverado and the F 150 if you're going forward. Um, and as car and driver talk, this is an article I'm reading from car and driver and their quote is whether customers use it or not. And regardless of the fact it is still called an optional package, a GM spokesperson told car and driver that it has been made standard on June 2nd on all new retail Buick and GMC vehicles in the U S and was added as standard to any new retail Cadillac Escalade vehicles in the U.S. on July 18th. The automaker said making the package standard helps to provide a more seamless onboarding experience and more customer value. So it is GM's word where they're saying it is a optional package that we are making standard. Yeah, what you said. (laughs) And also mentioned is that the same situation could face Chevy customers as the brand reportedly still is finalizing its plans for similar. So GM, choose your words, right? We've talked about this with a couple other companies, and I can't remember what they misphrased. But look at the news. Look at what's going on in the automotive world. And don't use the trigger words like subscription right now when you're talking about your car. Or optional. Now, in a few episodes, we'll talk about if you Google car subscription. All that comes up on my Google is the Hertz program, the budget rental car program, the Ford Blackwing program, the Volvo program that you pay a few hundred to a few thousand dollars a month for a car and you can exchange it. Yeah. Every co- that I, That's really where I started to go down this because I'm looking to do a uh, I'm trying to figure out a place I can do an automotive subscription. Everybody says it's a horrible idea, but every program is sold out. So I'm just trying to get on lists to get a, a subscription with somebody. Now, John, I, I, I got to back up because I want, do you have the car and driver article pulled up for uh, GM confirms it's making $1,500 option mandatory on some new models? And no, this is a quote on. Um, well, I know, but I want you to pull that article up because I want you to take a good look at the picture that car and driver has used. It's a, a, a woman in a, a GMC, probably SUV looks a bit like the Acadia interior uh, pushing the, actually the SOS button, not the OnStar button. But I want you to look out the windshield of the car and see if you see the same thing I see. What am I looking at? Are you looking at the photo? Yeah. 
of the the woman pushing the SOS button? Yep. Okay, look out the windshield. Uh huh. Does anything look off? I don't see anything that looks weird. Look at the other car in the picture. Yeah. It's in the ditch. <laughs> it is pulled off the road into the ditch. I think that's just a residential subdivision. No, that it's leaning to the right front. It is not on flat ground. I'm just thinking they could have chose their picture a little more wisely. Well, like you said, she's pushing the wrong button anyway. Well, actually, no, she's not. The car that's I get the picture now. The uh, that car went off the road into the ditch. She's hitting the SOS button to get help because she just witnessed an accident. But the thing is, the car that went off the road into the ditch is a GM product, and it would have OnStar and premium services, so it should have alerted John authorities. She's, she's just being courteous, like we talked about in the beginning of the show. Yes. Oh, here. Uh, is GM's mandatory OnStar option a big deal? It's a huge deal. Yeah, it's it should be called an option. <laughs> or no, it should be, no, it's just a newly standard feature. Those a- answers are the same. Standard feature. It's a newly standard feature. Yeah, it shouldn't be called an option. It's a newly standard feature. That's one sentence. That's not two answers. Come on, car and driver. We like to be redundant. But you're giving me a choice for answers. How can I have multiple choices when the answer's all one answer? All of the above. Don't you remember those? That's D, all of, the above. all of the above. It's the Department of Redundancy to John. Well, all of the above means... Don't vote for anybody if I remember what Richard Pryor was saying. And <laughs> sorry, I can't vote on this poll car and driver. And yeah, I'm calling you out. That's a dumb question. Is GM's mandatory on star option? <laughs> Jason said they made it mandatory because it's too expensive at $14.95 a month. No, Jason, you missed the beginning of the show. They can't finance it in at $14.95 a month. Mm-hmm. But I bet you they can finance in the $1,500 by calling it an option. That's you know, a mandatory option. By calling it an option, rather than actually calling it a optional subscription, they can probably finance it in, unlike your XM subscription, which you bring up. So, boom. So, we've decided that automotive feature subscription services are acceptable because it's just the way of the world. Well, it really doesn't but matter what two guys going here. To make, it does, John, because we are the premier automotive podcast, okay? We are like America's 259th and 300th favorite automotive podcast hosts, okay? Now, we are in the top 300 out of 4,000 or Well, but, yeah, that's what I'm saying. We're like two, number 259, 300. But we don't have to decide who's who's better than the other. But there's no sponsorship. None of us work for any major manufacturers, even though we may have friends that work for manufacturers. Mm-hmm. But I'm telling you like it is. And there's nothing we can do. It's there. It's coming. Derek and I can sit here and say we absolutely eject. This is the worst thing in the world. And as a matter Why of fact, do this. Matt Farah, Spike Ferrison, you know, everybody, Matt DeAndrea, Adam Carolla could all say this is the worst thing in the world. And as a matter of fact, most of them are saying it's the worst thing in the world because they don't read deep into this. This is what you get from No Driving Gloves. We read deep into it. Um, I'm not reluctantly accepting it now. I'm accepting it. Um, and we'll see. You know, I don't know when I'm going to be in the market for another car. Uh, well, I am in the market for a car subscription. 
if somebody would, you know, if Hertz or somebody would give me a call and tell me they had a car ready, but I'm not ready to trade the mini and get so I'm ready for to subscribe to my car, let alone the options in the damn thing. So um do we need to cover anything else, Derek, other than the website at nodrivinggloves.com where you can see all the back episodes, links to all the social media, send us a communique, request to be on the show, find some of the products that we like to purchase. Everything's at the website, no driving gloves. Send us a letter, a note, why you love us so much. And then buy, it's, us, a co- buy it, us a couple of coffees and send us a couple of bucks. Yes, buy us a couple of co- buy us some coffee. That's what I'm trying to say here. And uh, d- does it still help, John, if they leave a good review uh, of No Driving Gloves on the service at which they listen to the podcast? Honestly, it has never made a hill of beans difference whether or not you leave us a review. That's why we well, don't ask you for a review. Okay, never mind. I'm going to show If I had a book, reviews matter on Amazon. But to be honest, on Apple Podcasts and that, they don't care. That doesn't doesn't matter. You listening? It's all about you the tell, downloads. You telling baby. a friend? Tell a friend we're the worst podcast on the planet, and you really need to listen to these guys to find out how bad we are. Or yes. tell them we're the greatest thing in the world, and you need to be there all the time. There's Jason endorsing the uh, honey leather c- conditioner and cleaner kit he bought through our No Driving Gloves site, and claims it's an amazing product. I was really impressed with it. Derek's probably mad. Yeah, I'm but, still uh, waiting on the package. You we're actually going to have somebody on from honey leather i'm working with them right now um to discuss you know when we bring somebody on from like honey leather it's not to promote honey leather it's to talk to us about leather conditioning products and then maybe why honey leather is better than everybody else yes they're they're sending over their top salesperson mustard seed but we've we've got it we've got to get a little bit technical into it too if you don't believe us go back to the episode we had on um Evans Coolant, I can't remember how long ago, 150 episodes ago or so. But I think that's all we're going to get in in this hour and five minutes we've been on, Derek. I'm sure this is going to come up time and time again on the podcast, probably in the near future as often as we talk about electric cars, which we have really reduced that talk often. And also shoot us a message either on the Facebook page or um, leave a comment or go to the website, shoot us an email. Which do you like better, Wednesday or Thursdays? We're, we're on the fence. Do we want to broadcast on Wednesdays? Do we want to broadcast on Thursdays uh, for the live stream? I know that doesn't affect you. Uh, the audio listeners, we still focus mainly on you, the audio listeners. This is an audio podcast. The live stream is just so that some of you can enjoy us bobbly heads, I guess, look into our house and see what's behind us. Yes, the blurriness. House. Yes, this is how and I John's have the wall behind me painted drops. right now, and it, I'll paint it something different for next week. Oh, I thought it was a vinyl. I thought you went out every week and got a new vinyl and just stuck it. No, I find some um, graffiti artist every week and have him come in and paint this. Nice. Nice. And uh, yeah, I would say I'm going to wrap it up by saying keep listening because over the next few weeks, I think there's going to be some pretty cool announcements of some things we're going to be branching out and uh, playing around with for the show. Uh, this transition from losing Will's been different. Uh, actually, we talked to Will yesterday, and he'll be back on the show in a couple of weeks uh, with a with a guest. Uh, be good to hear from Will, and we've been trying to get this guest for a while, so um, we'll have him back. But we, we, Derek and I, are working on polishing the show, and a lot of interviews are on the queue. I've got this new A lady, and I got a whole no driving gloves list in her, and it's all these people we need to talk to. Oh yeah. 
With that, I'm looking for a uh, goodbye graphic, and we'll be out of here. It's a wrap. That's it. Look at that lotus fly. Later, Jason.